From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Hey, we were supposed to have some different music today, you know that? They still haven't changed that music, have they? I, I guess they like it. Different music, but that's okay. Hey, listen, you're listening <clears throat> to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. And uh, it's over. It's it, all over. It, it, it is over, and uh, the good thing is that I am the winner. Oh, the, you are the winner. The prophet has arrived. I will give you uh, credit. You thank you. did pick right, thank the you. New York Giants. Kiss my hand. And there were many kiss, other people. Kiss my hand. There were many other people, of course, who did not pick the New York Giants. So why did you pick the Giants? I told, why, I've been telling you for the last three weeks why I picked the Giants, no. and nobody listened to me. They, everybody put me down. All the players put me down, uh, former NFL players. Why did you uh, pick the Giants? I picked the Giants because they won those ten consecutive games on the road. They came in, and they, that defense was so just absolutely incredibly uh, good that uh, I think uh, the Patriots just thought, hey, you know, we're going to go in there, and we'll just play like our normal, our, our normal play. And, uh, you know, and, and you know what? The, game, the last game of the season when they played – they almost beat them, and I think the, I think the Patriots took it for granted that they were just going to walk in here and uh, win the game. And, and guess what? They didn't. And you know what? The, the, I'm going to say it right now: the Bill Belichick thing, him walking off the field with a one second, and Ray, you even said it. That was no, that was classless, no class whatsoever. He should have, should you know what? If he would have won the game, he would have been jumping up and down and going crazy and doing all that nice stuff. But he lost. So you know what? Hey, be a sportsman, stand up and say, you know, I lost the game. It's over. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, I think without a doubt, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that what he did was wrong. And I think he'll be, he'll be penalized by the league. He'll be fine. But you're exactly right. This is a game about sportsmanship, and that was a lack of sportsmanship. But you did speak your answer. Your answer was spoken like a true fan. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you credit. You, it reminded you, me of Buddy Ryan with the Cardinals when he walked out 25 seconds on that Christmas Eve game and they fired him. Buddy Ryan just said, hey, screw this. I'm out of here. Well, nothing reminds me of I would never put <laughs> I know. Bill you don't like Buddy. Belichick. I know. No, not Bill and Buddy. Not, you know, although they both – you know, Buddy did have a great defense with the Chicago Bears. I got to give him credit. No, he that. did. He did. But, and and that, even there, there was some controversy there when they won that Super Bowl because he was mm-hmm. carried off the field. Right. And, and guess who they beat? Who? The New England Patriots. New England Patriots. And, and they killed them, you know. But this was a great game. I mean, it was great for the Valley. There was a lot going on. A oh, lot yeah. Of fun, a lot of energy. And I, I truly believe I've been to a couple different Super Bowls. And i got to say this. This is probably the best place to have a Super Bowl. Well, you know, like I said uh, two weeks ago, this will be the most watched game in the country. And they finally verified that last night. 97. No, I think this was the second. No, MASH was the first. Beg your pardon? MASH. Mash was the, the Mash was the first most broadcast. Most people watch that broadcast. The second one was this game, this past Sunday Super Bowl Giants and Patriots. Ninety-seven point six million people watched that game, um, and you know what? It was a great game. It gave everybody in the country uh, something to really, you know, get excited about. That the underdog Giants, who were, who were put down constantly through the media, through the press, through all these so-called experts, the professionals, even former players that are on ESPN, keep on, you know, just kept on putting them down, putting them down, and they just came in and won the game. Eli Manning was absolutely terrific. He showed the world, and you know, in New York, how how they have been after Eli for years, putting this guy down and just making a, a mockery out of him. And that coach, um, you know, Coughlin, they just showed uh, the New York fans and the rest of the fans in the uh, in the United States and around the world that they are a team to be reckoned with. And I I congratulate them. I was so excited. Uh, Ray, to see them win the game, 
Uh, it was just, I mean, I, they were flashing back to Peyton in the, in the stands, and Peyton was so excited for his brother. It was great. Well, I, there wasn't, everybody didn't put him down. Not everybody put uh, him most, down. I, there I, were I, a lot of fans. There were, you no, know, no, I'm not, I'm not thousands about, of fans. I'm not talking about the fans. Behind. I'm talking about the professionals. I'm well, talking what about happened with the, professionals, the, the so-called professionals. Well, no, those guys, if you're talking about pro football players, they are professionals. Well, look at you. You yeah. picked the Patriots. Oh, exactly right. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm talking about you. Okay, I was a professional. You, you are. You and still are a professional. You're a professional. But you have to look at is when well, you, you go into a at? game yeah, what? and you make an assessment of two teams. You got you make an assessment. But see, of two I didn't, teams I didn't go, you look at how they're you, playing. You know what? I, I looked at. I you looked look, at it from a fan's perspective. I looked at it from a not a statistical uh, record. I looked at it from the 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 motivation of this team to get. They're in the wild card, and everybody wrote them off, and they took it right to the Super Bowl and won it. That's that. And I saw the determination of this team, like in anything, any corporate entity or any type of uh, uh, team sport. You got to work as a team, like me and Ray do. We work as a team. We you know, a lot of times disagree, but we we continue moving forward and getting more listeners, and the show gets bigger and better, just like the Giants did. They went in there and they showed everybody. And you know what? The jitters and and I'm scared and I'm this and I'm that and all these excuses. And that, that. they just went out there and showed it to him. And when Belichick walked off the field, that really pissed me off. That they had the audacity to he had the audacity to do something like that. I just I didn't like it. Well, certainly, I, I, when you look at the Giants and why they were able to be successful, I, I can tell you that certainly the reason why the Giants were able to why? be successful. This is the third time that their defensive coordinator had an opportunity to pick apart that offense that they put on the field. And they sure did. And that is Steve Spagnuolo, who may not be there because he may be the, the head Moving coach on. of the Washington Redskins. Yeah. But, of course, you remember he was he was with the uh, Eagles. He was in the – he was I think it was the secondary coach or the uh, – uh, with, Jim, with Jim Johnson, who was the coordinator. Right. Who, the Eagles, again, the same coordinator, right. almost beat the – almost, almost beat the Patriots. Spagnola almost beat him at the end of the uh, the last game of the regular season, and the third time he was able to get it right, you know. And so you got to give the Giants a lot of credit. The defense played awesome. Hey, Ray, the offense ever- made no mistakes. Eli, you know, he played within himself. He didn't try to force it. He didn't make mistakes. He played. I mean, he played a perfect game. Perfect game. You know, it's funny. A lot of these coaches and a lot of all this activity going on on with the coaches. A lot of it comes from the Eagles. A lot of it comes from from that team where these guys are assistants to the defensive coordinators, and they move on, and they get you know. It's just it just shows you how good the Philadelphia Eagles are, and the coaching staff of the Eagles, and a lot of these guys are sprouting from there and going into these teams like the Giants. Well, Andy Reid put together a great. Andy Reid's a and great that, coach, and that happens with a lot of people. You know, Holgram put the Mike Holgram had a great staff. Andy Reid came from his staff. You know, that happens when you're when you're a great coach and you put together a great staff and you win games. Just like if you win the Super Bowl, you're going to lose some players, mm-hmm. and you're also going to lose some coaches because people are going to be in demand for those. With free agency, that helped the players leave, and now you know with the competitive league, it also gives the coaches. Well, one of the one of the big words they're using about New England is disappointing. They're disappointed. They're so disappointed. Everybody's upset. In fact, it just came over the wire just a few seconds ago. Brady and Moss are going to miss the Pro Bowl. Well, Brady and Moss are going to miss the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Probably, well, Brady's going to miss it because of injury. I'm not sure. I'm sure Randy's going to miss the Pro Bowl, and it has something to do with injuries as well because they're pretty much required to participate right. in the Pro Bowl. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what separates, you know, those who are starters and performing well and those are the quote-unquote superstars. Plus, there's incentives in your contract, and it. If you're chosen to play in a Pro Bowl in order to get that incentive, either you get it because you you went there and you played, or you get it because you were injured. Right. 
Anyway, we were hanging out at the Super Bowl at the uh, Bud Bowl party on Sunday right before the game. We were lucky enough to get in there thanks to Ray and uh, Razor, uh, Razor uh, what is it? Uh, Ray, oh, Razor Gator. Razor Gator, www.razorgator, and, of course, Tony. Yeah, we, we had Jim on. We had Jim, the CEO, was on the, on the show. Yeah, we had right? Jim, the CEO of Razor Gator, and Tony, Tony Lamb, the PR director over there, was so sweet to us and so nice and to us. And Sharon was great, too. And Sharon was good. Everybody, everybody there was great. We got in. We interviewed. Uh, Ray interviewed a lot of great players. Uh, I think one of them was called uh, by the name of uh, Jim Brown. Oh, that was a, yeah, that was a great interview. No doubt about it. You know, one of probably the greatest football player to ever play the no, game. Jim what? Brown. Yeah. Warren Moon was there. Warren Moon was there. To talk to Warren. Tim Brown was there. You know, and uh, just again some great ball players out to, to continue to support the, the game. Now we we have about. a we have a clip coming up from uh, an interview Ray did. And uh, Ray, who who is this? Who who'd you interview? Well, uh, we got a chance to uh, to spend a couple moments with the uh, most valuable defensive player this year. And uh, also who played in the Super Bowl last year and uh, won the Super Bowl, and, and that's Bob Sanders, you know. And uh, I think we're – I think hey, uh, hey, you're hey, going to have Bob Sanders we, come on. Yeah, here, here it comes right now. Bob Sanders and, and Ray Ellis at the Super Bowl. You've obviously Bob, Bob, Bob. played in the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Is there? Tell me a little bit about the difference in being here as a, a you know, somebody who's a spectator and not playing in it. What's the difference? Um, you know what? It's tough, man. You always want to play. You want to be out there. You want to enjoy it. Um, you you want to win a Super Bowl every year if you can, but you know the odds of doing that are very slim. But uh, you know what, man? Right now, my main thing is make sure that I enjoy this, and uh, you know, congrats to the two teams that made it. But we're, we're definitely trying to enjoy it. Definitely one of the hardest hit men to ever play the game, and the defensive most valuable player, Bob Sanders. Bob, can you say Bob Sanders on Voice America Sports? This is Bob Sanders, <laughs> Sanders on Voice America Sports. Hey, Bob, thank you. Thank you very much for the interview. That was great. Ray, that was a great interview, and it was so cool to talk to Bob. Bob looked kind of banged up uh, during the interview, but uh, he, um, he, uh, he, I guess he'll be okay. Ray's sitting here shaking his head. I don't know why. What's wrong? You okay? Uh, nothing. I'm fine. Oh, okay. Fine. All, right, all, right, all right. Anyway, we have Jeff coming up after the break, our roving uh, reporter out of Philadelphia, to talk about the... Um, talk about the game, have his insight into the game. If you'd like to call the toll-free numbers, you may do so. And the toll-free number is... It's 866-472-472-5788. I'm telling you, Ray... Unbelievable! Did you, you took. You must have taken your vitamins this morning. You didn't know that I remember that, did you? I, that right. was by heart. I, did uh, by I heart. tell you, well, you've said it enough over the uh, since April. You should know it, even though I don't. I had it written down. Anyway, we interviewed a lot of great people, and we're going to be having this on a on a website featuring all these different players and the video clips from uh, Ray Ellis. Anyway, we got to take a break right now. You're listening to VoiceAmericaSports.com with Ray Ellis, and of course, Fan Man, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey. Hey, we're back. New music. We got some nice music, man. Thank you, engineers in San Diego. Hey, there you go. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. Even though you were right, fan man, and of course the Giants won, and I thank you, thank you. the Patriots. You thank know, you. I, I was loyal. I, that was just an emotional decision that Kiss I made. My hand. But on paper. On paper what? They, they won. By, hey, the Patriots were favored by 12 or 14 points. 12 or 14 points, So yeah. they were very disappointed. But let me ask you something. Sure. And I'm going to bring Jeff in. Jeff, are you there, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff, of course, our Jeff Gray. Hey, Jeff. Jeff Mosher, our correspondent out of the East Coast, uh, covering the Philadelphia Eagles and a few other teams. Jeff, uh, tell me what you think, man, as you watch that Super Bowl unfold. What would you think? Uh, I tell you, guys, it, that was one of the greatest Super Bowls I've ever watched. You know, I told you uh, a couple weeks ago that um, – I grew up in New York. I was a Giants fan. You know, when you cover the NFL like I do, I think you lose, you know, you become a little bit more middle of the ground and you lose your, your fan bias. But I tell you, once that, that kickoff went on, I, I started to feel that fan passion again. And then that fourth quarter was, I was on my edge of my seat like I was any time in, in, you know, any, whenever my team's done well. So I couldn't, it just was a great game. It was, it was unbelievable. Well, speaking of the kickoff, I, I can tell you this. When I saw the kickoff, one thing that was apparent to me is when the Giants took the field is they were ready to play the game. They, they played with a very high level of intensity from mm-hmm. the very start of the game. They took the ball down, they marched, they didn't get a touchdown, but they marched the ball down and they came away with points. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? I think that that, uh, Ray, was really important. Uh, scoring on the first drive, not going three and out, not immediately having in your heads that you're playing the greatest team ever and you couldn't do anything on your first drive. I mean, not only did it give them a, a shot of confidence, but I think the first drive occupied 95% of the first quarter, if not the entire first quarter. So um, it kind of kept that high-powered offense off the field. And I think it gave a, a, you know, a good shot of, of uh, you know, adrenaline for the defense to come out and really hit Brady. Yeah, and I, and I think Brady, in fact, I saw Tom on the sideline there, and you can see that Tom was – Really, very disappointed in the fact that they didn't win that toss because yeah. he, he, of course, had those pregame jitters like everybody else, and he wanted to, you know, get them out of his system. And the best way to do that is to get out there on the field. But he had to wait, and that was a long drive. But but the Patriots went right down the score when they got on the field too. Absolutely. Yeah, they did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, Jeff, I, I looked at the game, and like I said three weeks ago, I picked the Giants. I knew the Giants were going to do it. I just I saw that the, the team had 
their act together. They they won those games on the road. They came in and you know the wild card team and everybody's putting them down. There's no way they're going to beat New England and New and they, and they just made a, a mockery out of New England, which I thought was absolutely great. And you know. I, I just enjoyed the game thoroughly. It was the second most uh, watched uh, television program in the in the uh, in the history of broadcast. The first one was Mash, mm-hmm. and I think the most watched Super Bowl by uh, a few million. So oh, I mean, I it think really my, set yeah. the mark. I had you know two great markets, um, great his, great storylines for both team. And uh, fan man, I don't think I've ever been so happy that you were right about something. So <laughs> congratulations well, uh, for Jeff, the Giants. I, Jeff, I've been right quite a bit. The only thing is, I didn't bet the game. Like I, when I called Ray up and was screaming at Ray Sunday night, and Ray, and then Ray called me back. And Ray said, well, you're still a loser because you didn't bet the game. Yeah, I don't think he was too <laughs> <laughs> He obviously was not too confident because he didn't uh, bet the game. I just didn't have the money. I would have won 40000 on a, on a $1,000 bet, I think, well, whatever I'll, the odds were. I'll tell you what, it was a very good game. And, and, and I, looked at the, I looked at the Giants' defense, and, and I told you guys this before. I, I felt that if you looked at the Giants and the way they ended the season, I thought that the Giants, without a doubt, was playing the best football of anybody the way they ended the season. You mm-hmm. know, and, and they were – and as a matter of fact – Behind the scenes, I told Fan Man, and I told him he stole my thunder that time. What? That what? The, the Super Bowl was actually going to be the Giants against who? Come on, Indianapolis. I said oh, the two it, brothers. Yeah, the two be, brothers. But that's right. what we so almost be, got there. So behind the scenes, been great. I, I really was rooting for Eli, but I didn't tell uh, everybody else uh, because because uh, I, I had to be politically uh, correct. Of course. Well, you know what? I, hey, Jeff. You know what I thought when they were panning over to Peyton Manning in the, in the stands, and he was he was doing that, you know, rah rah with the with the with the fist thing, and he was so yeah. happy that it, I, that was great. I mean, I'm so glad that they did that. But I thought Fox Sports did a terrible job uh, on the game. I also thought the broadcasting with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck was not good. There was no excitement from these guys, and yeah. it, it was, huh? Go ahead. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big critic of that. I know that that's Fox's number one team, and I know that a lot of people like Buck and uh, Troy Aikman. Personally, I'm not a big fan. I never have been a big fan of Joe Buck. I just think he's a little bit too uh, all about Joe Buck. And uh, Troy Aikman can't say a good. He cannot bring himself to say a good thing about the Giants, and that that's been a, a big criticism of him when he does do Giants game for for many years now. Um, same with Daryl Johnson. You, you come, sometimes wonder if these ex-Cowboys can can say something good about a Giant for once. It's always what? why the other team was bad and not. Yeah. The Giants don't seem to get their due respect from those guys. Well, that's the only uh, complaint I had about the game. Uh, oh, and, of course, they Fox didn't show a lot of Phoenix off, which they should have. And I think that's the uh, the problem with the Arizona Board of Tourism. They didn't really push it to, to show off uh, Phoenix in the metro area. Yeah, but the, I was really surprised about that. I thought we were going to see a lot of blimp shots and, and, sh- and you know, picturesque uh, you know, snapshots of, no. of downtown Phoenix or Glendale no. or that area. You know what else they were doing on Sunday morning? I was watching, and they were they were taking the Patriots and and the Giants, and they were comparing them to the political process going on in this country with McCain oh, yeah, and Obama. And I'm going, what the hell is this? Why are they doing this? They have, they, they they don't have any any talent whatsoever. Fox to me did a terrible job on that game. Um, I, I just didn't think that it was really good for the fans. And I think if they would have had a John Madden in there or, or an Al Michaels or somebody who's a little boisterous and gets really excited and does the X's and O's and does all that kind of stuff like madden does mm-hmm. it would have been great i'm yeah. with you and you know obviously fox i know it's their job but i mean could could we get any more you know subtle references along with overt references to american idol coming up soon i mean it, 
it's the Super Bowl, and all we have to every commercial uh, that they could get, right? Uh, any reference to American Idol they could make, they exploited it. Well, you know what? They had Ryan Seacrest was there, and they had Paul mm-hmm. Abdul and, they, and the other dude. And I'm going, why are they making a big stink out of these people? This is the Super Bowl. They're promoting themselves, and they weren't promoting mm-hmm. Phoenix or and all the money that was spent here to bring this game and to give the NFL what they needed and the players and the fans. I, I just thought, you know, hey guys, I I, I got the remedy for you guys. Why what, what's you, the remedy? Just turn the volume down and watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you do. Just turn the volume down and watch the game because, I mean, I, I can't take away from the game itself. The play, oh, the game I think great. there's no doubt about it that people got their money's worth. I think the guys played their heart out, you know. And, uh, and now something is starting to surface that uh, someone has brought up the fact that in – Tom Brady's ankle was really bothering him. Oh uh, yeah, they, they, they it up, affected they, his throwing ability. Yeah, they brought up the humidity in the stadium and all these excuses again for well, Troy Aikman I, I and Joe Buck. It. You know, I, I think of those last three passes that he threw um, in a desperation, you know, chance to get him to a least field goal position, right off the fingertips of Randy Moss, about sixty yards downfield. I mean, literally, right off Moss's fingertips. You can't tell me. I mean, either he was sucking it up. Or he was not in that much pain. Either way, he was able to get the job done uh, on that on throws like that. I just, you know, I, I don't buy that injury played much of a factor. As a matter of fact, I thought Tom Brady, you know, the more I think about it, played a really good game. He took shots left and right. He was constantly on the ground, kept getting up, and I thought he made a bunch of good throws. I really actually gained some respect for, for Brady in this game because I felt like he really had to work for every single yard he got. Well, I, I looked at a couple of his passes. I thought they were off the mark. There were a couple of them that were just not Tom Brady passes to me. But also, I well, think... Well, wasn't he pressured more than Tom Brady's being pressured? Well, he got, he got sacked more than he's ever been sacked before. But, but right. as a quarterback, you know, hey, he's, he's, he's paid to stand in there and take those shots, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, he, and he didn't. But also, I thought it was uncharacteristic of Tom Brady to go for the whole ball of wax at the end of the game. They still had timeouts, and all they needed was a field goal. They had three timeouts, but they were pushed back on that penalty. If you remember, they got up to the 33-yard line. They pushed it back 15 yards, and they're running out of time. He was going for the home run. They had timeouts, and he could have thrown the ball in the middle of the field. He never really tried to do that. I just thought... Tom was a little shaken at the end of the game. I, I think they needed to get to the 34-yard line and to tie the game, and I think that's what they should have done. I think Bel- that's Belichick's uh, fault. Belichick should have been sitting there going, okay, what? we got to tie this game. we got two minutes left or whatever it was. And uh, they went for the home run and uh, the Hail Mary, and guess what? Well, I, I, saw, I saw both of the guys. I, I thought the first drive of which he was able to, not the first drive, but you know, at the end of the game where he got the ball and Tom, of course, you know, marched his team down, and Randy Moss caught his touchdown, and you know, they thought the game was over. With. I mean, yeah, they did. They did, but their defense just did not was not able to contain the Giants' offense the entire game. That, yeah, that that Giants' defense absolutely terrific. I mean, yeah. you, there's nothing you can say. Yeah. All you can say is like perfect. Two two things stood out to me from a strategical standpoint, guys. And one is this, um, and this is not a knock on on Josh McDaniels at all, but I really wondered because. Bill Belichick is, is a defensive guy and not an offensive guy. I wondered, you know, with, with, the, with the Patriots struggling as much as they were in their passing game and getting all this relentless pressure from the Giants, I wonder how much they really missed having a guy like Charlie Weiss on the sideline who is an offensive mastermind. And as far as in-game adjustments, because it really didn't look like the Patriots were able to adjust very well to the Giants' uh, the pass rush, whether it was better blocking schemes or, or getting rid of the ball in different areas. It just, it just seemed like they were trying to do what they did and then didn't really adjust and, and, and get out of what they do. And secondly, with Belichick, uh, I just wonder if he kind of was, you know, he just looked a little strange from the whole guy. I don't know as far as him coaching the team if, 
if he was kind of caught in a bind because he wasn't used to being in a situation that they were in, which is, you know, being from behind and having it that tight. So those are just two things that kind of struck me. Well, I, I would say, you know, when it comes to Coach Belichick, you know, certainly, you know, he's been in, in this position before, you know, where he's been in a situation where his defense has to make a stop. And he's mm-hmm. done it. I mean, he is one of the great, you know, defensive minds of the game. Uh, I just think, you know, they were outplayed this particular time, you know. And, and mm-hmm. when, you look at, when you look at the, uh, the, the, the defense of the Giants, again, as I said earlier, before you came on board, this is actually Steve Spagnola's uh, third time to get a chance going against the New England Patriots. When he was there with the Eagles, of course, when they uh, mm-hmm. played him in the Super Bowl. Then, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he gets them, you know, almost there, lets them go, you know, and they're able to, uh, you know, come out of the game with a close margin but lose it by three points. And, you know, third time was a charm for him. He got it right this time. Yes, he did. And, and he's uh, going because- to be well-courted in the offseason by <laughs> the Redskins. And uh, we'll see what happens. Well, what do, you hear, what do you hear about that on the East Coast? I mean, uh, a couple mm-hmm. hours from now, if not already, he should be on a plane headed to uh, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while for the Redskins. They've had to wait on three separate occasions to finally interview him, and it looks like they're going to get that chance. It sounds like if he's their front runner, and if things can work out, they will hire him. And if not, it seems like it is now a tie between Steve Mariucci and uh, the guy they brought in, Jim Fossil. Now, I'm not sure if they've interviewed Mariucci yet. I don't know that they have. So they may interview Spagnuolo first and decide that they should also talk to Mariucci. But uh, I think it would be between those two, Spagnuolo and Mariucci right now. Hey, hey Jeff, what's the rumor going on with uh, Donovan? It seems like the Ravens are looking at him, and that, yeah. that's all flying yeah, all over know, the place. I th- you know, we talked about this a lot the last month of the season, Fan Man, that as soon as the offseason started, you're going to hear McNabb trade speculation, you know, until a deal is either done or, or the, the draft starts. Um, th- there was a report by Chris Morrison of ESPN that the Ravens were interested in McNabb, um, but the Ravens quickly went to work uh, dispelling that, and there was a report in the Baltimore Sun yesterday that they're still doing, you know, hiring assistant coaches and really haven't gotten to the point of personnel yet. So, well, again, again uh, the he- not the sure he- I believe that 100%, but they okay, but then again. Having even discussed bringing in McCown. Uh, but then again, the head coach of the Ravens is a former Philadelphia coach. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, I so. mean, Chris Morton's a pretty reputable guy, and it, it's not like him to make something up. Now, he's not always right, and, you know, you just never know. He may have heard from a, a person who's close to the situations, and you never know. I just may have said, hey, you know, that McNabb would be a good fit here, and, and kind of right. ran with that, you know. Well, but, yeah, one thing I'm going to say about the coaching, you think Tom Coughlin's safe in his job? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the third week, they were ready to uh, chop his head off and uh, roll him down Park Avenue. Right. Yep. And it, but it creates an interesting position for the Giants where now you got to sign Tom Coughlin. And you also, if you want to retain Steve Spagnuolo, um, you're going to have to pay him both money. So Coughlin actually benefits by this because if Spagnuolo is going to command a pretty hefty uh, pay raise, well, then so is Tom Coughlin since he's right. the head coach. So right. the Giants really have to think about you know, how they're going to be using their money on their coaching staff in the next few years. Well, you know, they can do, uh, it seems that some teams have gotten pretty creative and they've named the successor and, and kept him on staff, so it yeah. could be a thing where they could do that, and, uh, and mm-hmm. he would be happy. I mean, what greater place to play right there in, uh, in New York where, you know, he's basically been the savior coming up with that defense uh, and shutting the Patriots down. The Patriots, uh, Tom Brady, you know, was insulted to think that the Giants were, uh, were going to hold them to only 17 points. Yeah, yeah, those, <laughs> those things aren't yeah. even set in stone, though, because I believe that Greg Williams had a clause in his contract that said he was supposed to make a substantial amount of money, something around a million dollars, if he wasn't named head coach, uh, ha- you know, should that Joe Gibbs retire. 
And sure enough, Joe Gibbs retires, and they don't name him a head coach and let him walk away, and I think they're going to have to pay him that money that they owe him now. Wow. Well, that's again, and if Spagnola was to agree to something like that, I'm sure he would have assurances in there that he would be compensated as well. Sure, and sure. So, so either uh, way, he's going to make some money, Coughlin's going to make some money, and the Giants are going to have to pay out some money. But that's the, okay because they've got a, a boatload of it. they got a boatload of it. Exactly. They sure do. And there's no reason why he should want to leave New York. I mean, New York. the Giants were one of the youngest teams. I think they had something like 10 rookies on this team. You know, yeah. so it's it's not like it's it's an old team. It's a very young uh, team, and Eli is in his fourth year. Yeah, you know, That's so correct. hey. Anyway, we got to take a break, Jeff. If you can hold on for it uh, for us, uh, we would really appreciate that. You're Absolutely. listening to Voice. Okay, you're listening to VoiceAmericaSports.com, the leader in internet sports talk radio, along with Ray Ellis and of course Fan Man, and uh, we'll be back right after these messages. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Hello? Hi, Bill? Uh, This is George Dewey from up the street. Oh, hey, George. How you doing? Good, good. Say, I noticed you've been walking to work these days instead of driving, Mm. and I uh, don't quite know how to say this, but... But... But what? But... But... Your butt. Your buttocks. Your butt. I think I found your butt on my front lawn. Have you recently lost it? As a matter of fact, I have, George. It's about time someone noticed. Well, it was kind of hard to miss, if you know what I mean. Anyways, would you like it back? Would I like it back? No, not really. So it's okay if I throw it out? Sure, that's fine. Take it easy, George. Small step number eight. Walk instead of driving whenever you can. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. His foot is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. And Fan Man, uh, you know, I'm not sure Jeff is aware, but we had, we had a great time this weekend. For those of you out there that are, that are football fans, uh, you, you got to make the opportunity and go to take advantage of the opportunity and go to a Super Bowl. Even if you go to the Super Bowl or not, just the atmosphere and the great players that are there. I mean, we saw Hall of Famers. We saw Jim. We spoke to Jim Brown, Warren Moon, Tim Brown. I mean, throughout the weekend, we, we, we spoke to a lot Bob of Sanders, Warwick Dunn, Tory Holt, Maurice Drew Jones, Fred Taylor. I mean, a lot of guys were just here. Uh, Ray Lewis. You know, it was just a great atmosphere. But uh, I think for many of those guys, and as a matter of fact, uh, when we spoke to Bob Sanders, you know, it's okay to come to a Super Bowl and be here to support your, your friends who play on other teams. But they want to play. They want to play, and, and they want to get out there. And obviously, they want to win. And, I, and I'm sure that uh, I spoke to some people, you know, after the game, and uh, it's not the same for the Patriots to just play in that game and not win. Not win, yeah. Hey, Jeff, it was great. We uh, the, the, the most famous player of all, Jim Brown, was right in front of us, and uh, Ray did an interview. We're going to have a separate page put up on the, uh, on the Ray Ellis Sports site where you can click over there and see all these uh, great videos and great interviews that uh, Ray did. Oh, that's good. I'd love to check that out. You know, I do love that. I mean, it seems like there's a, there's a love-hate divide between how fans feel about the week leading up to the Super Bowl. You know, no matter where you live, there's always a, one of those talk stations or, or anything that has, you know, you know, the radio row, endless varieties of, of interviews. And I, I really get a kick out of it. You get a lot of these guys come out of the woodwork that you haven't talked to in a while. You know, for example, your guy's show last week was great. I thought listening to Herb Adderley. It was Herb Adderley, right, Ray? Uh, no, we didn't have Herb. Uh, not oh. on our show. No. No. I'm sorry, who did you have on last week? Uh, well, actually, well, actually uh, we actually spoke to uh, Josh McDaniels' dad. We had right. his and dad on with us. And, and then no, the week we had after that. From the Cleveland Browns, your buddy from the oh, Browns. Oh, you mean Hanford Dixon. Oh, Hanford Dixon. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hanford, oh, Hanford yeah. Dixon right, was, right. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I thought that was great. I mean, how how did you get a chance to hear, uh, you know, guys like that? So it, it, I like the week leading up. I like the, the fanfare and the guys who come out. I mean, some really interesting interviews. You get national play, like uh, – Kyle Turley and what he's doing with Gridiron Great. So I think it's good. Well, I think based on what I heard on the radio, we had the better uh, we, we, we uh, had the better uh, people, the better players, uh, former players, because uh, especially here in Phoenix, I didn't, I didn't hear anything of uh, spectacular uh, types of interviews that, that Ray had. Well, I think, I think the guys are just, you know, come out to, to fellowship with guys you haven't seen in a while, you know, to, you know, re, kind of reunite with one another and rekindle some friendships. But, you know, I was, also, football players are fans of the game. And sure they're they fans of other players, you know. And it was exciting. You know, I interviewed two you know Super Bowl MVPs you know and I, Larry, Br- Larry Brown the deep Larry Brown yeah. for the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys when they won it and Desmond Howard you know and it's just it's great to see those guys that come back and have an appreciate appreciation for the game and and want to be a part of it because it it makes the the, the uh, weekend for the fans much more enjoyable because you're never going to see the guys that are playing the game no the fans are never going to get a chance to see them I mean security was so tight tight yeah it was really know, tight at their resort that you don't get a chance so it's the former players that get a chance to come out hey Jeff it was a it special. was a blast for the fans and, and and they were going absolutely crazy when these people walked in all these former players and of course we were right there with our our cameras running and our great engineer Ryan doing his job and we just had some great interviews and they're going to be put up on the on the site and we can't wait for that so that so our fans can actually see and, and listen to uh to uh, jim brown it was just absolutely amazing and I'm Ray, sure thank you sure. thank, thank you very much ray for doing that oh, oh that was fine it was fun but i you know I, I just can't get over eli's performance i really if you look at eli i mean if somebody told you that he was a pro quarterback 
with that uniform on, with his with his hair sticking, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. out of his out of his helmet. I mean, he just looks like he's he's he looks like a deer in headlights. In headlights, right? Yeah. Yeah. He just, well, he, yeah, and, and like a wolf in sheep's clothes. I mean, yeah. you're right. I mean, he just does not look the part of a professional quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I think we, that, that's almost what makes him perfect to play quarterback in New York City. Is that you know I, we've talked about this from the beginning of the playoffs. He's not going to be phased. He's not going to be. It's not going to be all about Eli. You know, he's just kind of just a guy playing quarterback who, who just wants to win. And his his will to win, I am telling you, it'll go down as one of the greatest plays ever. Is when they were trying to hold on to him, of course, and had his jersey, and he was just like, you know, pulling away, get off me, get off me. And the offensive line did a tremendous job because I I was amazed that nobody was holding on that play. Nobody on the offensive line. There was, was a lot of holding on that play. No, they were trying to hold on to his jersey, but he got away and he was able to throw the ball down the field. Well, that was that was that, 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 that was by Tyree. That was somebody who Amazing. wanted to win. Right? That's the will to win. The will to win. That by was both of those players. See, it was not only just a great play by Eli, but right. then a catch by Tyree. By Tyree. That's what separates it. From when you go through, you know, ESPN did a top ten plays in Super Bowl history. I think what separates that one and makes it really unique is the Herculean effort on both ends. You know, the quarterback and the wide receiver, and that that's what makes it, I think, more special than some of the the other great Super Bowl highlights. That it took two guys with tremendous willpower to make that play happen. Yeah, and and to look at that play, I think the whole country, everybody was on the edge of their seat watching that happen. When he came down with that ball, and when he hit, I thought he was going to pop it because of the way his back hit the other player, and I thought he, in pain or in agony of the hit that he would drop the ball, and he just held onto that ball. It was absolutely just, you can't say much more than terrific. Yeah, you know, I think that was the one hit uh, Rod, uh, Rodney Harrison made that actually wasn't five seconds after the whistle, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know I got to give Rodney a little bit of credit here. I mean, one thing about this play too, and I, you know, one thing about Hanford Dixon, I, you know, who I always give credit, you know, John Elway's in the Hall of Fame, and the reason why he's there is because of the drive. I mean, when he was able to, you know, complete that drive and was successful in taking his team down and score, it wasn't like it was against the Sisters of the Poor. It was against two very good. You know, pro, all pro defensive backs at, at the cornerback position. And Hanford's been on the Hall of Fame ballot a couple of times. And, and Rodney Harrison, I mean, you know, when, when the catch was made, that wasn't just, you know, again, a guy from who's the Sisters of the Poor. This was, you know, one of the best defensive backs to ever play the game. And, and Tyree was able to wrestle the ball away from him and come down with it and maintain possession. And it will definitely go down. It's probably the greatest catch yeah, in, in the Super Bowl uh, game. Yeah, on that catch, I mean, you know, nobody can coach that. That's two guys playing. That's two guys that want to win. Coaching, forget the coaches, forget everybody else. These two guys hooked up and did it, and they did it in, a, in a, such a perfect fashion to, to win, especially Eli running around like that. I, I thought he was done. I thought he was toast. And, and I'm sitting there going, I'm, I was praying that he get out of it, and he did. And it was just absolutely – you can't coach that. They, these you know, are two, two absolute, absolutely – You're right, and it, and it almost yeah, man, adds to just the entire mystique that the Giants had you know, in their walk throughout the playoffs. I mean, uh, yeah, they, they beat Tampa Bay pretty fair, you know, square, and it, not too many things stand out. But you start thinking about, you know, uh, some of those great catches against Dallas that were made by Steve Smith and then some that great kick, uh, you know, by Lawrence Tynes against Green Bay to win it after he missed mm-hmm. two kicks before that. It just seemed like whenever everything was on the line, this team came up not just with good plays, but extraordinary plays. Winning that really plays. really kind of cemented, you know, their march to a championship and really – made them a standout champ, and then to, to you know, go right to the top and knock the, 
the alleged greatest team ever off the pedestal, that, sh that was like the perfect ending, you know? Hey, Jeff, one thing that we did talk uh, to uh, Tom McDaniels, the, the dad of uh, Josh McDaniels, about uh -huh. was about uh, is it great coaching or is it great players? And if you look at this game, uh, you know, the Giants only had one Pro Bowl player on this team this year, you know, so I'm not sure. I mean, uh, it might have been some great coaching, but these players made some great plays in this in this game. But I think it was a great coaching job that helped them win this game. Hey, hey Jeff, I agree with you 100% that this team, when it was on the line, they came together and they won. And, and you know what? They they uh, just may embarrass New England right out of right out of the NFL. I mean, you know, 19 right. and 0. Yeah, and you know what else I felt good about just to bring it up was Mercury Morris and the 72 Dolphins and that was a hilarious with Mercury Morris going on and on when when he was on Fox, but you know what? Thank thank you to the Dolphins. They that was the greatest team, 17 and 0. I mean, great. And New England is 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 doing this song and dance act and Giants just just took it out. it was great. I mean, well, I, I, there's know, not I much mean, more I, I can I, say I, about. Yeah, from the other side. I, I've always felt that Miami was the one doing the song and dance act i kind of got a little tired of their antics every time a team would threaten to go undefeated and they would stand on the sideline and try and impose their will and then pop champagne and uh -huh. i did get a kick out of the commercial but I, I think the patriots have been pretty um classy in all their victories so uh, but i was kind of mixed on that whole 72 dolphins thing <laughs> well i don't think uh even though they may have been classy in their in their victory i don't think what belichick did was too classy in his defeat are yeah, you leaving with one second on the clock? Exactly. Yeah, right. He you know, I would have had a problem with it more if he went. You know, he he went to. He thought it was over. I really think he just thought it was over. He ran to Tom Coughlin. He gave him a hug. I mean, I understand that there was a second left. I don't think he realized. But when he did, what's he supposed to do? Go back out, let them do the play, and then go give shake. Tom no, Coughlin's I, hand again in a contrived well, I think, scene. I, think, I, I, I thought you'll, you'll find I don't out. think it was as bad as it appeared. Well, Jeff, I think you'll find out because he probably will be fined. Mm -hmm. for, what, for his actions, but uh, certainly if somebody says there's one second left on the clock, if the players have to come back on the field, then the coach should come back on the field as well. I, I mean, agree. That's the problem. He did leave his players out on the field to take care of it. Um, I, I guess if it wasn't Belichick and it was somebody else, I'd probably yeah, be you know, you know what, a little Jeff, bit more you know, critical of it, but that, I guess that's not fair on my end. He deserves as much... Hey Jeff, the way I look at yeah. the way I the way I looked at that when he walked off the field was like a sore loser. Like you know what, I'm a, I don't even care about the one second. Yeah, but, you know, I, I thought the interview really reflected him being a sore loser. A I sore mean, loser, I mean, and you know what? I know State he's the king of the one and two word answer, but that right. that was just that was almost disrespectful. Yeah, and you know, yeah, but at that point in time, he should have stayed with the team because the team needed that. The team needed him on the sideline, and he walked off. And yeah. that, that was like, you know, come on, about talking about compassion now and getting involved in all that emotional yeah. stuff. He should have stayed. I thought that was a very bad move on uh, Belichick's yeah. part. Yeah, but I'm sure nobody's surprised. I mean, well, this yeah. is nobody's just surprised. not going to get that out of Bill Belichick. Well, there's that music again, which means, of course, it's time for us to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouye and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're in the valley. We're in the valley. All those who have left, come back. Come on back. They will be back. The sun is shining. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And we had an excellent time this weekend. I just can't get over the time that I had. I, I really, really enjoyed that. That energy of the Super Bowl, I don't think there's anything like it. Mm-hmm. No other sporting event. No, no other event. sporting event. Well, you know, and I think I know why. Because why? Know, sporting events are a series of games. The Super Bowl is you get it done mm-hmm. and it's over and with. And it's over with. You don't have it. You know, done. it's not the best of seven series or anything like that. It's one game. Well, next year, the Super Bowl, Jeff, is in Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Is wow. Jeff still there? Of all places. Did Jeff leave us? Oh, there I'm you here. Go, Jeff. I'm no, here. Jeff, I yeah, the, the game's in Tampa Bay. So let's, yeah. let, let's pick for who's going to be in next year's Super Bowl. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is because uh, we have Bob Sanders on, and Bob <laughs> talks about – how enjoyable, how much a, a good time he had while he was here as a as a fan, but he also talked about how much he enjoyed being in the Super Bowl as a player and the difference between that. But it's also very difficult to get back to the Super Bowl the next year. Yeah, it oh, is. it is. So as the what, Eagles found out, the Eagles found that out. Yeah. So what yeah. are the chances that any of these two teams would be back next year? Well, I mean, both of them have a lot of issues to address. Uh, you, know, you start with New England, start with Randy Moss and Dante Stallworth, two important receivers. Uh, they got a couple of guys on defense that were a little long in the tooth, and I think that hurt them. We're talking about, you know, Junior Seau, uh, 
Teddy Bruschi a little bit. Um, you know, Asante Samuel, their best cornerback, is going to be a free agent. So they have a ton of personnel moves, and keeping all of them is going to be difficult. However, they've always been a very good job of retooling and bringing in the right players. So um, will they be in the mix? Absolutely. You know, I think as long as they have Tom Brady, Lawrence Maroney, and, uh, you know, Belichick, they're going to be in the mix. And the same thing with the Giants. I mean, uh, who knows if Amani Toomer is going to retire? Who knows if Michael Strahan's going to retire? Uh, everybody's talking about Tom Coughlin and the extension he's going to get, but he's, he's uh, I think, 65. And how many ch- more chances is he going to get to win a Super Bowl before he's 70? I, you know, I don't know. So he may walk off into the sunset himself. Uh, hey, hey, Jeff. A lot of questions to be answered. Hey, Jeff, one of the things that I was thinking about uh, over the last couple of days after the game was over, have we heard anything from Tiki Barber? <laughs> uh, actually, he, we heard from Tiki a couple of days before the Super Bowl um, in which he said that he was – you know, very proud of the Giants that he uh, does not regret retiring. And I, and I don't know, you kind of have to yeah, wonder yeah, if you yeah, go yeah, the yeah, Super Bowl yeah. year after you yeah, retire, yeah, you have to have yeah. a little bit of regret. I think it's, yeah, it's okay I bet to he's, admit you're a human being. Right. I bet he's, you have a little bit of regret. You know, um, I, I bet he's just sitting there crying in his cereal. Yeah, the poor yeah, little he, thing. The interesting thing he said was that <laughs> <What>? <laughs> at the end of the year, you know, yeah. he was called into... Um, uh, the uh, who is it? Not Jerry Reese. I think it was yeah. I think it was Jerry Reese's office, and also talked with the uh, the Tishes and the Maras, and kind of gave his little exit interview and said his goodbyes. But you know, he said despite his problem with Tom Coughlin, that he felt the team needed to bring Coughlin back and, and give the guy a chance to to do what well, he does. You know, well, good and, for him. And change and and uh, you know lead the team. So you know whether he said that or not, I don't know. We can. None of us were there in the meeting room. But uh, that's he right. Says that hey. he did endorse Tom Coughlin despite his. Uh, personal personal disagreements with him. Well, I wanted to address one thing. Let's go back to the Patriots for a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. A big concern for them is Randy Moss. Do you think they'll bring him back? Do you think they'll sign him and bring him back? Well, that's who knows. I mean, that's, he's going to command a, a lot of money. Price tag. You know, it seems interesting to me, Ray, that the Patriots won their three Super Bowls with uh, a more unheralded group of wide receivers. I think it's fair to say. And then now that they had this explosive offense, they they wind up not getting it done. So they may they may decide to go a little bit back to a grassroots approach and, and uh, you know, let Randy walk and not pay him the money. They've certainly done it with other guys who have been free agents and commanded a big price tag. They've let him walk. So uh, you'll probably see some intense negotiations and a lot of reports, and, and we'll see what happens at the end. And it would be smart, I think it would be smart for them to keep him, but, you know, I think that's probably the obvious uh, Well, we uh, talked about prediction. this we talked about this earlier, Jeff. Really, I mean, the only all-pro wide receiver that they really had before this year was, was Randy Moss. These other two guys, I mean, they've done pretty good, but, I mean, they're they're kinda, they were kind of like no-names, you know yeah, what no I mean? names. So it's right. not like they, they're in great demand. I think they work well within the system. I mm-hmm. think Randy is a guy that certainly he's able to stretch the defense. And a couple of times, if, if Brady would have thrown the ball ahead of him and Randy would have run under it, I think mm-hmm. he could have even scored a couple of touchdowns, you know, mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. I think that you spend the money to bring Randy back, I think he and Belichick and, and, and Tom Brady had a good relationship this year. Mm-hmm. For, for once, uh, there was no off-the-field problems with him. I think you spend the money to bring him back. One of the things I want to bring up, uh, Jeff, is that yeah. one of the big stinks here in Phoenix and across across the country was Arlen Specter, the, uh, the senator from Pennsylvania, bringing yeah. up the cheating scandal with yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots back in uh, 2005. Right. Um, what, he's going to bring it up to the Senate and, and to a congressional hearing. Yeah. I mean, that's how far. Yeah. And, and then Roger Dudell, uh, the NFL commissioner, is sitting there saying that he burnt. Um, remember on, on Fox, right? He, was, he, he burnt the papers. He burnt everything. He put it on fire and got rid of everything, all the evidence. And he said it's the NFL's problem. The NFL will take care of it. And he burnt everything and got rid of the evidence. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they're going to have um, a meeting now because it seemed like a couple of days ago 
they, the NFL and Roger Goodell came out and said, you know what, there's nothing to this. So there, there's nothing left to talk about. There's no reason to have a meeting. And now they're having a meeting. Uh, now having a meeting, yeah. So it, it almost makes you think, well, if there's no reason to have a meeting, why are you having a meeting? You know, well, yeah, the what, thing what's is, come up? Yeah, well, the thing is, they're saying that the Eagles got cheated out of a Super Bowl. That's basically what they're saying. And they want to know what happened. Were, were they really cheating? I mean, they want to know. And then the yeah. good old um, Roger. I, the one thing I would say to the fan man is that uh, there could be the element of grandstanding here in that uh, you know the battle that's going on between cable and, and the NFL. Yeah. And it's very important to know that Comcast is one of Arlen Specter's biggest campaign uh, finance uh, you know, uh, interest groups. So yeah. okay. uh, if you read between the lines, I mean, this could be Arlen Specter a more fighting cables battle than anything that has to do with Spygate or legal mumbo-jumbo. This yeah. could just be, yeah. let's see if we can stick it to the NFL because... I represent the cable people. Well, one of the things that uh, came up uh, the other day on Friday, we were on the air interviewing a few people uh, from Razor Gator. We bumped uh, into Steve Sable, and uh, Steve and Ray are good friends, and they were having a good conversation about the NFL. Yeah, it was good to see Steve. I mean, he was here, obviously, uh, here with the NFL, uh, working on a few things, and uh, had a brief conversation with him, and uh, it was pretty good. But, I, you know, when it comes to Roger Goodell, I, I think Roger has some other problems, too, because Roger has said that, there were some things that were working that he was working on when it came to a couple players mm-hmm. and the off the field antics. Well, he's saying whatever they do off the field has nothing to do with the NFL and they're not liable. But then why do you punish the guy? If it has well, nothing I to do with the league. Um, well, no, I, I can I tell you. Well, what happened is somebody wanted to charge the NFL for, as a result, I'll tell you it was, it was uh, Pac Man. Pac-Man Jones. Whoever the lady was that her husband was paralyzed or whatever, she actually put in a phone call to Roger Goodell, and they had a conversation or whatever, and she thinks, I guess they think that the league should be liable for what he does. And Roger Goodell was saying, no, that was him, that wasn't the league. But then you turn around and punish him. Now, I, I just don't understand that. Well, if the league uh, is not liable... I understand, though, Ray, to be fair, that you know, Pac-Man, being Jones is, uh, Pac-Man Jones is being punished for a series of events, and uh, not just that one. And, you know, uh, he, Goodell is giving guys who've had one or two brushes with the law, you know, chance. I mean, he's, he's you know, laid out the law a little bit, but not suspended him from the league like he's done with, with uh, Adam Jones. But, so but, but I, my I think qu- there's a difference what you're talking about here. Well, my question, Jeff, is, uh-huh. is if, if you say to someone that whatever the actions that a person, you know, you know ha- whatever happened off the field, if mm-hmm. you say the league has no liability, then, then why is the league punishing a person? I don't understand that. Obviously, they have some involvement there because they think they have to punish him. Because uh-huh. if not, you wouldn't punish that person. Well, Did you ever hear, think, you ever know, hear again, called it's, Two-Faced? It's almost a gray area because the league, might, I think the league it, it, has a duty to punish players because it, it has a conduct of policy. So it is a violation of league policy for a player to get himself in trouble with the law. However, the league can't be responsible if a retired player, a suspended player, or a player goes out and does something, you know, in a totally different state, unaffiliated with the NFL, and commits a crime. I, he has to be a businessman in this regard and, and make sure his inter- enterprise isn't liable for every single thing that an NFL player does. Hey, Jeff, uh, right here in Phoenix uh, during Super Bowl week, there was a Giants player who uh, was on the injured reserve, and I'm not even going to mention his name, but the guy <laughs> went out The guy went out and had a couple beers, right? And apparently he had a lot of beers. It was extreme DUI, which is .15 here. Um, the, uh, when they arrested him, you know, they took him back to the, to the hotel, and Coughlin said, you're going home, dude. Done. Mm-hmm. And he, they shipped him home. He was out. Forget oh. you. And, you know, so the Giants took care of that problem. And they said, you know what? 
you know, drinking and driving is really bad, and you're giving us a bad name and a bad a bad rap here by doing something that you shouldn't be doing. And he did it, and they got rid of him. So he wasn't even at the game. I mean, can you imagine that? You finally get to the Super Bowl, and he's sitting at home. Well, you know, guys, we're I mean, going to have to talk about that. On this, is a, this is a good on conversation. Show, but yeah. the reason why I wanted to bring that stuff up is because, actually, you know, what's about to start happening, it's, it's the offseason, and there's going to be trades going to be made. Mm-hmm. But also, the combines are coming up. And these young kids, what they do off the field, they may be held accountable for and never get on the field. Who knows what's going to happen? Anyway, Jeff, thank Absolutely. you very much and for I'll being be there. Okay. Jeff, thank you very much for being with us on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Of Thanks course, for on the me, thank you on the Ray Ellis Sports Show, and we're having a great time, and we'll continue to have a great time. And as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. We're out of here. No more kickers. No, no more kickers till next year. <laughs> Local.